You are listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast, produced by the Father's House Church in Oroville, California. I'm Luke, and we created this podcast because we want to explore Christianity the way that Jesus intended it to be. If you're interested in joining us on this journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, or for more resources, check out changeoroville.org. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Uncommon Truth Podcast, Season 6. We are making our way through the book in his likeness written by uh steve Marcelli, who's sat here with me today here i am uh we have been enjoying reading through this i i really love this book i i was reading through uh, chapter five in preparation for today and was challenged and encouraged once again so you haven't yet and you want to you can pick this up uh either at the father's house at our uh, in our lobby, or you can buy it on Amazon. Just search for In His Likeness by Steve Marcello and read along with us. Vicky is not with us today, but we are excited to explore uh, what it means to be on the journey to sonship is what we're looking at today. So, Yes. Um, I think we can just jump right in. Why not? Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read... Uh, just the first paragraph of the chapter, and then we'll see where we go. You're going to read the first paragraph. Yes. Chapter 6. 5. 5. Yes. <laughs> there is Oops. a wide expanse between where we start out in our, Christian, in our Christian journey and where we have yet to go. As we move from seekers to believers, we begin to serve and love God. But this is where most stop the journey. Often the journey twists and turns until we become confused, mostly because the confused followers who came before us did not recognize their own confusion. They taught as though they knew the truth about God's will and his love, the truth about what is and isn't righteousness. Pretty soon, the pilgrim's progress is so stagnant that many quit moving forward and just stay where they are, accepting whatever is comfortable and holding their ground. So this chapter, as I said, is called The Journey to Sonship. And uh, just to start reread that first sentence, there's a wide expanse between where we start in our Christian journey and where we have yet to go. We're supposed to move forward and go somewhere, right? So can yeah, you, so yeah. I think it's clear from yeah. the apostles, even what they write in the Bible, yeah. and if you study historical documents about the apostles' lives, yeah, they never sat still. Hmm. They... Uh, they never claim to arrive. Um, I think John came the closest when he said, we're eyewitnesses. We've beheld his glory. You should listen to us. We're not telling you something we guessed at. We're not telling you cleverly put together teachings. We're telling you a truth beyond the ages of time. We're telling you a truth that is so magnificent. And uh, the wonder of it all, the creation is, even though our bodies, you know, we were born little babies and we die shriveled up old people. You know, we're, we're useless when we're born physically and we die. Some, some of us actually die uselessly, physically useless. But uh, that's the, this process kind of makes you think there's an end, but there's mm-hmm. no end to the part that is always growing. And that's your spirituality. Your, your relationship with God should always be growing and always be going further up and farther in. And um, so this, this chapter studies why so many are sitting still. Mm-hmm. You know, that 
we, we get so many teachings that there's nowhere to go and nothing to do and it's all done for us and there's nothing. So we just stop our journey. And then, and then you hear, um, I even heard a guy on the, on a podcast this morning talking about, you know, get in your word, get it, you know, get in your closet, do these things intimate with God. And yet I kept waiting for the, what it's for. Hmm. It's like, He's telling of a time, he's prophesying a time in America that is going to be horrendous. And yet he's not telling people, you've got to gob up information. You've got to gob up spirituality. You've got to gob up relationship. You've got to get into the Lord. You've got to learn. You've got to beg for, even plead for in prayer, the understanding, understanding, understanding. You know, revelation, revelation. I need more, Lord. We have to be never-ending consumers of the truth of God, the plan of God, the power of God, the wisdom of God. And, you know, he's saying there's this horror time coming. And there has been already for many, many generations of Christians. Horror times come, horror Mm -hmm. times go. But nobody's telling them, you've got to continue to rise up. If you can say, yes, I am Christ-like. Yes, I am exactly like Jesus. Okay, maybe then you can just say, okay, it's time just to maintain the status quo and pray enough to stay where I'm at and read enough to continue to, you know, uh, feed my soul. But if it's not, then you have to see God as this imm- immense expanse of, of space and wonder and time and knowledge and wisdom and grace and power and you've got to continue to consume of that to continue to imitate that and be discipled by that and grow and here i am lord use me as you will teach me what you want to teach me what are you showing me you know reveal to me your truth lord more truth more lord i want more of your grace more of your truth more of your power more of your life i want to know you better and that we we sometimes stop the journey you know here in this chapter, I talk about the great Hollywood scene of people are at the edge of a desert and they look and it's a far ways across this desert, but it's the only way to get where they want to go. And so they take out across the desert, you know, and, and almost every movie shows this. Uh, it pulls back into the sky to show you the ex- expanse of these people walking through sand and how far they have to go. And at some point during the during the journey, at some point during the movie, they they show you how far they've come. They turn and they look back at this and the mountains they just left to come into the desert way out there. And then they turn around, you know, and the thing is one of those circled videos and they show how far they have to go. We have come so far and we have so far to go. And then in those, there's a despair of will I make it. Hmm. In here, in, in the use, you know, where the, the, this metaphor escapes our truth, it's not, will you make it? The promise is everyone gets the same prize that runs the race to the end. Yeah. So everyone who continues the journey, knowing there's a, the upward call of God in Jesus Christ is the prize at the end. Everyone who, who goes this journey goes find they're, they're gonna they're going to receive the prize especially if they're going in his strength and in his love and in his grace knowing that there's you know they don't have it all there's more at the end mm-hmm. we will be we will be refreshed at the end from what we're doing and there's further and c.s lewis said it best further up further in every day further up further in 
all the time. Further up, further in. There's no end. This is wonderful. I love this place. But let's see. Is there something better? Yeah. Is there more? Is there, is, is there yet more to come? Yes. He has no end. There is no end to his reward. There is no end to his glory. There is no end to his joy. There's no end to his peace. Yeah, there's more. Do you want it? Yeah. Well, let's go further up and farther in. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Yeah, I'm so grateful for the kingdom that walks with me. The knowledge I received at, even on the day of salvation, on the day of the altar, I, I received so much. But man, what if I had stopped that day? That day it was almost more than I could handle. It was almost more than I could process. But it's been 49 years. I, I can't imagine if I'd have stopped back there. I'd have gone nowhere. I'd have got nothing. I would have settled for that. It just keeps going further up and farther in. It keeps expanding, increasing. The revelation of God, the wisdom of God, the knowledge it's shocking the things that come out of my mouth in sermons now. I'm just like, wow, there's just so much more. I haven't even scratched the surface in 49 years. But I don't want to go back to be the guy that came to the altar because that was a wonderful day. That was the best day ever up until that point. But since then, there have been every day better. There is so much more. There is so much uh, to understand, so much to see, so much to know. It's just amazing. And so I think what we do is we stop short of sonship. I think we, we come in this thing and we fall in an altar and he forgives us and he offers us sonship. But it's a, it's a transforming uh, power that he gives us, a con being conformed, Paul says, into the image. Yeah. I think Paul understood it as a process, a journey that you start here and you end here. And, and when you're close to the end, you don't want to go back to the beginning. Heck no, that's way back there. That's way down. You want to go even more forward. Let's continue further up. Mm -hmm. Let's continue deeper in. Let's continue just to, to know and be known. Be fully known. Let God see it all. Let God know it all. Admit that you've opened your heart to him. Admit that you've revealed yourself, that you've laid down before him. And you want what, you know, is so clear. David was, David, the king of Israel, he was such a failure at so many things, but the one thing he was so magnificent at that I want to be more like is he saw God. He saw the width and the breadth and the depth of so much more than I've ever seen, and he understood the, the, the majesty of God. I, I mean, just that alone. I've got more to run, more race to run, and everyone who runs the race gets the prize. The first will be last. The last will be first. Everyone wins the ribbon participation trophies all the way around if you run to the end no one gets the prize he's paul says if you don't run to the finish line and so in my opinion that is running forward for more for all that he has to learn more know more be known all of the above it's really good i think let's let's talk about paul for a moment uh as you just ended there he in philippians Three, which is at the end of his life, right? He he says, um, "I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in, in Christ Jesus." And it's that idea of if you read Philippians three, that section, he's he's saying 
he doesn't see himself of having already attained the prize, already made it, mm-hmm. that he might attain to the resurrection. He, he's saying that there's still something that I'm reaching for. And in this uh, section in the book, you, you make the point that I think is really true that if if he, Paul, who did everything that Paul did, wrote or all that he wrote, that he doesn't see himself as having arrived, right? then we probably <laughs> should. Yeah, I probably yeah. shouldn't either. Right. That's, what, that's the conclusion yeah. I came yeah. to. In this, Paul says that all that he did was considered garbage. But then he said, um, but I press on to the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. I attain, I'm in hopes, I do all that I do in hopes that I might attain the resurrection. Not that I have already attained it, he said, for I have not. And if Paul the apostle has not stopped growing, if he hasn't stopped attaining, if he hasn't stopped collecting, if he hasn't stopped learning and, re- and having more revealed to him, how can I say I have? Mm. It would be foolish of me to stop. If Paul stopped, didn't stop running the race, I probably am not ready to run the, stop running the race either. Right. I mean, you know, we already know he was snake bit and lived. We know uh, he was stoned uh, five times. We know this, or was it four? Yeah, five times. And he was left for dead once. He was whipped, whipped with, I'm sorry, whipped with the lash five times and stoned several times, yep. once being left for dead. Yep. Escaped over the wall in a basket. All of those things where he was constantly in jeopardy. Shipwreck. And he says, all the things I did, surviving that shipwreck, helping all those men survive that shipwreck, healing all those people I healed, all that I did I consider is rubbish. And I have not attained to the resurrection from the dead, for I have not. It's just it's just amazing. And if you read the context beyond, like read beyond and read in front of, that is exactly what he's talking about. I have not reached the finish line. And until I do, I need to grow all the way to the day I cross the finish line. I need to continue to pursue perfection. Jesus said, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Be holy as your heavenly Father is holy. So the perfect holiness I haven't achieved that. I got, I got, I got more. Yeah. There's more to grow in. I should not sit back and say, "Yeah, I've arrived." Yeah, you know, I'm the pastor. What are you talking about? I'm the pastor. I don't need. To, I don't need to go to this. I don't need to read the Bible. I'm the pastor. Mm-hmm. I, I'm. You know, I don't need to do these things. No, I'm not. I have not arrived. I am simply a member of the congregation running ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm. I might be ahead, uh, and if I am, I'm running ahead. Mm-hmm. Saying, come on, man, come on, let's go. Trying to encourage them to, don't give up now. Don't stop running now. Don't sit down. Get up, let's go. It'll just be a moment. I'm reminded of Bagger Vance, the movie, and Jack Lemmon is a little boy. I mean, he's, he's the, he's the uh, narrator as a little boy. And Harley, the little boy, is upset because Bagger Vance is leaving him. We all know Bagger's of, of angel by now. And he says, you're leaving us? And he says, just for a moment. Just be a moment. I'll be back to get you just for a moment. And then the end of the movie is that little boy, Harley, as a very old man golfing. He falls over and dies, and there's Bagger waving him in. Come on with me. I got you. And it's just, I told you, just be a moment. So what we call our whole life in the heavenly realm is just a moment. Yeah. You know, and Paul the Apostle has, has done this thing, you know, and it's just gone on and on and on, and he's been beaten and he's been persecuted and shipwrecked and judged and judged harshly, criticized, betrayed in every way. And he's just nuts. 
we do these things, but they're just a moment. Compared to heaven, time on earth is just a moment. And I think that we, we should just take this time on earth to really press into the fact that he's trying to conform us to the image of his son. And if you can't look in the mirror and say, I am the image of Jesus Christ, then you have work to do. You have holiness to reach. You have yeah. righteousness and perfection to attain to that you might attain to the resurrection. And I don't think it's the attaining to perfection that's the resurrection. I think it's the race that's run mm. to, to intend to go further up and farther in, to intend to be perfect and yeah. holy. That's what that's who gets the prize, the one who's still fighting the fight, running the race at the at the finish line. That's really good. And that's where that idea of seeing it as, as an ongoing journey, the walking down the the narrow path as opposed to I stopped at an altar one day and now yep. I'm done. Right? Yeah, or I say I'm a Christian, yeah. so I am one. Yeah. Or I say I'm perfected. Yeah. I say I'm his son. I'm a blood bought child of God. It's I'm a son. Yeah. So therefore I, I say I am, so I am. Yeah. And I think for me, it's more what he says that matters to me and how he says it is in answering prayers, responding to my, my laying on of hands, responding to the gifts that are in me. Yeah. And I think that's how I know if I'm becoming a son or not. I mean, my sons, they could, they could just about get anything out of me. Yeah. And that's proof they're my sons. They're sons to me. And um, if, I was, if I'm a good son to God... And he comes, and he, I think he verifies that. The point is, he verifies it by responding to my request and my prayers. I mean, he, that's what he says: "If you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your sons and daughters when they ask you for them, which one among you would give him a serpent if he asked him for bread?" That kind of stuff. And I think that God, God is what Jesus is saying is that this is kind of like the this is kind of like see if it wouldn't God treat his sons like this? Yeah. So I think that those kind of answers, those kind of reactions to what I request. To ask anything in my name, those are really litmus tests to know if, if I achieved sonship and I arrived. Yeah. And um, I, again, would much rather be um, wait until he calls me son with action than for me to call myself son. Mm. I have no problem calling myself bondservant of Jesus Christ. Doesn't matter. However, my answer ties me to Jesus Christ, it ties me to Jesus Christ. Mm. Therefore, I'm, I'm pleased with that. I'm tied to him, so call me a slave, call me a friend. Oh, no, no, you're a friend. Oh, no, no, you're a disciple. Well, it doesn't matter what you want to say. I don't determine those things he does. I just stay after him, running the race, going further up and farther in, pummeling my body into submission that I might obey him. Yeah. He says, love one another as I have loved you. That is crazy, man. People are a pain in the rear. <laughs> and he loved me as a pain in the rear. And he's saying, love him as a pain in the rear. Okay, I got to pummel my body into submission. I got to force myself to love, to do acts of love for people who do not treat me in a way that would normally cause me to love them. Yeah, I have to love them in a supernatural way. And I basically have to twist myself into that. And say, no, I'm, I'm following Jesus. I'm obeying Jesus no matter what. He said, love him. I'm going to love him and forcing yourself to do it. That's good. Let me read a little bit more from the chapter. I'm going to read the, the last paragraph on page 27. Uh, you wrote this. Seeing our walk through life as a journey, 
uh, de definitely gives us more clarity when we consider becoming sons and daughters of God. It helps us to see this journey as the lifelong pursuit of transformation, accepting the changes in behavior, appearance, beliefs, and even physical attributes that come with being conformed into his likeness. This makes sense and gives us peace that we don't have to arrive in one day. Regardless of what we may have been told, the work is not already done, and we are not God's children just because we believe Jesus is God's son. We have been given the power to become. We are being conformed. We are being transformed. Now, yeah, yeah go ahead. This, this, I, I agree with what you wrote in here, but I, I know that the that sentence in there when you said, uh, regardless of what may have been told, that the work is not already done, and we are not God's children just because we believe. That's somewhat controversial in Christianity today. People like to quote uh, scriptures about, you know, we're adopted, this sort of adoption, all that kind of stuff. So you're, you are saying that sonship is through evidence. Through trusting yeah. evidence. Yeah. yeah. Here's what Jesus said to him. He yeah. says, don't be like the Gentiles who have no fathers hmm. in heaven. And don't be like fools. Have a father in heaven. Hmm. When you pray, pray, my, our Father who art in heaven. Push yourself to have a Father in heaven. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not a natural thing to do. Trust an invisible God to be a Father to you <laughs> and to trust that you're being a son to him. I can't really change what he calls Father. That's what Father is. Mm -hmm. How he executes Father in my life, that's how he does it. I don't get to change that. I, don't get, I, can, I can't really say and decide yeah. that that's what we're going to do. But... I can decide what I'm going to do. Do I treat him as a son treats a father? Mm -hmm. I believe that's a learning, learning curve. And when I just say, oh, I met Jesus, that I'm a son of God. Well, where's your evidence that you're a son of God? Mm -hmm. Where's the results or the fruit of your life that says you're a son of God? Where's your trust in him? Do you, do you give to any man that asks? Why? Because you're afraid to not have money. Because you don't think your daddy will replenish it. You don't think your daddy will take care of you if you give your money away. He says, love as I have loved you. Well, he loved me by giving everything up for me. Have you done that? Hmm. Are you his son? Are you an offspring of Jesus Christ? Are you in his likeness to where you give your life up for total strangers? You give your life up for those that hit nails into your hands? You give your life up for those that beat you? And so, you know, there's some proofing in the pudding with I am a son to God. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, are you a son to God like Jesus is a son to God? Do you imitate him? And what, you know, and we're told we arrived, you are a son. So we stopped the journey. We stopped pursuing. We stopped trying to become. And I think that that might be one of the reasons the Christian church is so crippled. Yeah. Might be one of the reasons when COVID came out, they wanted to shut all the churches down. It's a gathering place. It's a sick heaven, haven. We, we, no, we're essential. How are you essential? Prove your essentiality to me. Well, if we, we quit working at it, we quit working at being essential, we quit working. Jesus was essential, man. You have leprosy in that day. You have nothing but the miserable end of life. You are living in a cave to end your life. You are, you are on the watch of death. You are waiting for death to overtake you. I'd say Jesus is pretty essential to you. And he comes along and you jump in front of him and he heals you. Um, and you fall at his feet and call him God and... I mean, Hosanna and all those things, you know. I don't think this should be that controversial, to be honest with you. No. And yet, 
we all know this is not accepted by anybody, hardly anybody. I mean, I do find people that believe this way, but in my opinion, this is so clearly evident in the Bible. So, because you know, we you talk about in here how the disciples, uh, you know, they walk with Jesus, they have a revelation that He's the Messiah. But even in that revelation that he is the Messiah, he is the Son of God, that doesn't instantly mean that they're suddenly behaving and acting no. like his children, right? They they still walk away, they still betray him, they still make mistakes. It's it's there's a process that he still has to disciple them, train them, teach them until yeah. they, you know, be, become in his likeness. And I think many of us have had revelations, I think, of the fact that he's a Messiah. We believe he's the Son of God. We we consent to these facts about him. Maybe we've even experienced him. We we know he's real, but we don't always give our lives to this discipleship, I guess. Is the best yeah, see, I yeah. think these men who were discipled for three years yeah. on earth and saw it all, participated in all, yeah. they had a role in all of it, and then they were anointed, they went out and they did the same things. Yeah. Then he dies, they scatter, they make mistakes, they come back. But I think that the way it looks for them is that having been with him three years on the earth, the Holy Spirit kind of, they got a jump start. Yeah. They got leapfrogged. They seemingly immediately had sonship. Mm. And if they were my example, I guess, I, I mean... The only thing I would say to that is I don't, I didn't spend three years with Jesus on the earth in human form watching him do these things. So maybe I'm stunted in that. When I look at Paul, who also didn't spend three years with Jesus on earth and was converted in a in a experience like I was, he says that he's not. He hasn't arrived. Mm-hmm. He says that it's line upon line. You can, you keep growing. You keep you know and and his in his um. He healed people, and he he was filled with the Holy Spirit, but he still had this growth thing that he had to grow into. He went into the desert for three years, and he uh, he baptized others in the Holy Spirit, but he didn't have immediately as like they did. He preached the gospel powerfully, and people were amazed by it, and he healed Ananias' blindness immediately, but uh, for the most part, his writings say that he is sees through a glass darkly, that it's not even clear to him, and that one day it'll be clear to him. Yeah. One day he will see face to face, and he'll see clearly. And I think that more than anything, Paul is more like me in that we had conversion experiences, not three years of walking on the earth with these guys, they seem like when they got filled with the Holy Spirit, they're preaching and baptizing three thousand in a day. They're healing everybody. Yeah. They get back what they what what they had when he breathed on them. And I think that I think that um, you got to weigh this out, man. There's two ex- there's two examples, and I think my example is way more like Paul. Mm-hmm. You know, I had an experience, went out, and then I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, still don't know how to use it, and I have to be taught how to use it. So he's the one that uses all the terms about being conformed and yeah. being grown and, you yeah. know, that you're, you're maturing, uh, imitating. You yeah. know, he's the one that has all that. And um, I think it's because that was his experience, that, was that he didn't get to walk with Jesus for three years. Yeah. And we see other characters, like, within within Acts and his writings. Like, I was thinking as you're sharing, like, uh John Mark, right? He he starts 
you know, Mark that writes Mark's gospel, which we believe is Peter's Dictation. story, right? But Mark starts by going on a journey with Paul and then kind of gets fired and he's useless. And then, but he goes on this. He left. You know, yeah. But then, you know, there's he this whole tired. thing. But then eventually he comes back around and ends up being, you know, more fruitful later on in his ministry, right? Yeah. So, so there's that process of. Yeah, he's a great example. Of he might not have he he knew God was life but he wasn't there yet but he matures and grows and starts to yeah. you know change and there's other I can think of other characters with you know what's interesting is that Paul and Barnabas were like a, a formidable yeah. ministry team and John Mark split them up yeah with his unwillingness to go all in yeah. and Barnabas wanted to give him more time Paul wanted him to reach it now. And then later he commends him and travels with him again. Yeah. And then, and then of course, this guy goes to be discipled by Peter where he writes the book of Mark, I think. Yeah. Which just shows that journey, right, of sonship for, you know, John Mark's yeah. life of in the mix of the ministry and the fact that That's right. all of these men, you know, they they had their stuff there to work out and mm. do, but they they were being changed by him and... You know, we see forgiveness at work in there. We see reconciliation at work in there. We see hope and growth. And right. they were on that journey to sonship. And I think that that encourages us that our our humanness and the, the things that go on in our lives right. in, in ministry or just in day-to-day life, that if they worked it out, then we can too, right? So. Amen. Um, but yeah, let's keep, let's keep going. I wanted to talk a little bit about... Um, the way you approach prayer as a son. Okay. Um, I think you you talk about it at the end of the chap the end of the chapter. Yeah. Uh, you, you share an example of of the way you pray. I think it's at the end of page thirty. For someone to be healed, I pray something like this: Father, I thank you that you hear me, and I know it's your pleasure to be with me. Yeah. So that is still. I mean, that's every time. It's, I, I thank you that you hear me. It's what Jesus said, you know, at, at the graveside of Lazarus. I loved it. Father, I'm so grateful you hear me. Yeah. And, and, I mean, it's just what a taken for granted thing that I pray he hears. I'd rather stop and say I don't take it for granted. It's one of the most valuable things in my life is that you see me and you hear me. And the second, well, also valuable thing in my life is that he makes his home in me. Hmm. So, to it is so unnatural to pray from the point of view of being indwelt by a Holy Spirit. And God himself that you're praying to is literally inside of you. So I take this pause and I say these things, and it's like I, I just refocus my mind on the fact that what I'm praying for for this person, the power is in me. It's him in me. Jesus in me. The hope of glory. And we're talking about an ailment in a human being that they're suffering from in front of me. And I pray and I think that the success fail of my prayer depends on me knowing his presence, knowing and being aware of him in me, Mm. that my hand is his hand and I should only put it out when I feel him putting it out. My voice is his voice, and I should only speak when I feel led by him, when he pushes me to speak, so that it's his words, his hand, 
his power coming through me. And I'm just crazy aware of the fact that he wouldn't do that if I didn't submit to him. He'll only let me be an avatar if I submit to him. He's the spirit inside using my body to pray for them. And, and this is how I've prayed for many, many years. Always falling back into the trap of praying, praying to an, uh, an external God. And, and I think that the real clear imitation of Jesus is this imitation of him praying to a father who art in heaven. And this, I pray, I, I'm thankful that you hear me. I'm thankful that you're with me, that I've, I've stopped to clear my clear the deck. I've stopped to clear my mind, my, my soul, my spirit, to the fact that it's you doing this work, and I am surrendering to your will in praying for this person. Yeah. So you don't just need to pray in his name, this idea of, like, Sometimes we just we we use, I think you mentioned he we use the in Jesus name as like an invocation like it's this you know yeah. we're throwing it out as opposed yeah. to us walking in his name and walking in sonship and his him moving in our lives being the evidence of his, right. his seal our sonship you know I think that in his name was never meant to be what you say right I think when it says if you pray in my name it meant to be who you are. Hmm. I'm somebody in the name of Jesus. My, my world, my life is in the name of Jesus. That's what in his likeness is. I come to you in the name of Jesus. I'm not coming to say the name of Jesus. I'm not coming to tell you about the name of Jesus. I'm here to demonstrate the power of the name of Jesus to you. And that's what I'm here to pray. So I say quite often, you know, another focusing thing for my prayers. My name is Steve Orsillo. I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I really clearly don't mean I'm saying the name of Jesus. I don't mean I'm invoking some incantation of this phrase, the in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you that I, in my life, have practiced the presence of Jesus and have been so aware of his indwelling spirit that I literally come to you in his name. I'm here in the name of Jesus. In fact, Jesus is almost here, is here in such a real and tangible way because I'm here. He came with me. I brought him to you. And uh, that's what in Jesus' name means in my mind. That's what I think in his name means. And that's how I pray and, and, and invoke this power from inside of me. And when I have been able to close my eyes and wait on that feeling that I'm aware of his presence inside me and his, his, his spirit is expanding and growing and my hand is moving out and then my hand touches them, it's him touching them. And the words that I stop saying, when I stop saying, I thank you that you hear me, and they start to be, be healed in the name of Jesus. You know, uh, blood be made right, uh, bone be made right, you know. Uh, all disease flee from here. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Those things are very clearly me. It's, it's, I'm not trying to play a game. I'm trying to become aware of truth and operate what he's doing, not what I have learned from the church and not throwing out words that I've heard from the church, right? I come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I rebuke you in that name. Being of that name, I rebuke you. Steve Orsillo comes and Jesus rebukes you. That's good. Essentially being 
the vicar, the being the replacement. Being the vicar, yeah. replacement, yeah. Yeah. and at least for these moments, demonstrating sonship yeah. with my own body, mind, and soul. Yeah. Demonstrating that I am way further along the line now to being a son than I ever, and I expect that in heaven they may even call me son. Mm. But I have not come to the point where I say I'm a son yet. I've come in the point where I demonstrate I'm a son. That's good. Because that's in the name thing. Yeah. That's what a son is. Yeah. My son's name is Orsillo. Right. My other son's name is Mark Stephen, my name. He's a junior. And so they come in my name. They carry my name, but they also are partially, my, through DNA, my name. That's kind of how we're supposed to be with God. We're supposed to have been morphed transformed, conformed, mm-hmm. and grown into the name of Jesus, carrying, being his brother, being his friend, being his family, or just letting him operate through us like an avatar. Yeah. You know, we've all now know what an avatar is. <laughs> yeah. He operates me. Yeah. Like, a, you know, I just was, <laughs> there's some movie that uh, Eddie Murphy has little little people inside of him. Oper- uh-huh. His body's a spaceship. Oh, yeah. 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 That's kind of how I want Jesus to be. I want him operating me. That's cool. I just present myself, and then he operates me. Yeah. That's, you know. We're a vessel fit for purpose, right? Fit for good use. Amen. I just wanted to read uh, this verse from John 1. I don't think it's I don't think it's in here, but you you kind of reference it. But I, just, I think it sums up what we're saying. John 1, verse 12, he says, uh, Jesus says, but to all, oh, no, it's actually not Jesus, it's John, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Right. And it's this, we have this invitation, yes. you know, and we can either stay at the start of the journey, which is I believe in you, or we can, this right that he's given us to become his children, we can say yes and go on this journey and go further up and further in each day until we start to bear his likeness and still we start to manifest that evidence of sonship in our lives. So um, for those of you listening, I, I encourage you to to take a moment and reflect and say, where am, am I still moving forward on this journey? Or have I stopped somewhere? Or have I lost momentum? Have I started wandering through the desert like in that scene and now I don't even know where I'm going anymore? But, am I close to truth? Yeah, but he... But he will illuminate the way. He is, he is yeah. both the lamp and the path, you know. So ask him and he'll show you how to get closer to him, how to know him more. So he's here and he wants you to be his child. He wants to be your father and he wants you to bear his name and show yeah. that to the world. So in the name of Jesus. Um, thank you for joining us this week. Again, as I said at the start, if you want to get this book you can get it on amazon at uh searching for steve orsillo and his likeness or you can get it at the bus house church if you are a member we would love to invite you to join us for church if you are in orville or around the area or you can uh check us out on youtube you can watch us on father's house orville um see our sermons you can watch the podcast as a video you can see other clips and things that we post so please check us out and we'll see you next time see you next time Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast today. I hope this episode encouraged you, inspired you, maybe even challenged you to keep seeking after everything Jesus has for you and the life he calls you to live. If you haven't already, please take a moment and subscribe to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. That way you'll get every episode each week when it's released. It would really help us if you could rate, review, and even share this podcast with anyone that you think would be encouraged by it. 
Help us spread the message to more people so that we can all live out this Christianity the way Jesus intended it to be. If you would like to get in touch with us, have any questions about the podcast, the topics, or even like us to pray for you, you can do so by emailing us at uncommontruthpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.